Blog Talk Radio. Sponsored by WomenSpeakers.com, the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, you're listening to Marnie's Friends. Hi, everybody. This is Marnie Swedberg. Welcome to another edition of Marnie's Friends, and it's wonderful to have you with us today. If you're listening live, welcome to you, and if you're joining an archive later or somewhere around the net, welcome to you. It's always exciting to share the insights of our guests, and today we have a wonderful guest, Kathy Carlton Willis, who is the author of a recently released book, Speaker to Speaker, The Essential Speaker's Companion. And we're going to be talking today about how to maximize your speaking ministry. During the next hour, you can look forward to learning how to create intentional perceptions, how to, um, how to really get your promo kit together, what you need in there, what's optional, You'll, have, you'll discover what every event planner wishes that you knew. You'll also get the three insider secret marketing strategies for new speakers. And even for those of you who are more advanced, you maybe have missed one or two of these. Um, there's seven steps to getting the yes from event planners and bookers. There's when to work with speakers, directories, publicists, or bureaus. How to find the hidden dangers of speaking and proceed wisely. And then how to use social media before, during, and after your events. Our guest today, Kathy Carlton Willis, is the witty and wise word girl founder who wrote Speaker to Speaker. She gets jazzed helping speakers figure out how to take their business seriously, and you can learn more about her over at womenspeakers.com or head to her own website, kathycarltonwillis.com. You spell Kathy with a K, and then the name in the middle is carltonwillis.com. Welcome to you, Kathy. Hi, Marnie. How are you? I'm doing great, and I'm so excited to have you here. I've been looking forward to this. I've been reading your book and love it. And um, I just, I actually love everything you do, so it's easy for me to. <laughs> it's easy for me uh, to share you here. <laughs> thanks. Yeah, well, and, I'm excited you know, you about gonna, this jam-packed hour. My word, it's going to be great. Yeah, we are going to cover a lot of information, so you guys get your, get your notebooks out. Kathy, you've been a speaker for a long time. You're a speaker over at womenspeakers.com, and you have your own you have your own ministry platform there too. So when you began speaking, did did everything just kind of start for you with a big rush, or did it start trickling in and you grew from there, or how did your how did your speaking ministry begin? Well, I think like almost everything else in my life, I kind of fell into it backwards. <laughs> okay. Not intentional at all. And then that means for any of you out there that did it that way, you find yourself having to learn as you go along or to get caught up with where you should have been in the first place. So that's how mine started. But thankfully it was as a high schooler. I was invited for my first professional speech, and so I got an early start at speaking and have been speaking for almost 40 years now. I can't believe it's been that long, but uh, I don't I don't feel that old, but <laughs> I know, right? Right. How did how did that ever happen? Yeah, so I know that you have a lot of experience in this field and you have written this wonderful book and you guys need to check it out. It's called Speaker to Speaker: The Essential Speaker's Companion. It is if you think you're going to get a lot in this hour, that book is so full of stuff. So, Kathy, let's just go ahead and dive here in here and how to create intentional perceptions because it really is going to make the difference in being remembered versus just being maybe noticed or introduced or whatever. So talk to us about this concept of intentional perception. That was a really great way to, to define it even. 
I have a background in marketing, so branding is something that just comes naturally to me. But what most people don't know with ministries, we're still branding ourselves whether we mean to or not. So either they're picking up an impression we're leaving, whether we do it accidentally or on purpose, so we might as well be strategic about it. And so branding overall is just finding that main core message and everything will tie into that. And for me, it's really helped me even filter out those good things that aren't God things for my purpose and mission because we all get invited or uh, have those opportunities to write or speak for things that could distract us from what God wants. So branding can even help filter out those distractions. So I love it. So let's get a little bit more detailed in here. So, for example, for me, um, I stay very focused on leadership topics, but I take I have different levels of that, all the way from you know um, corporate and ministry leadership at the highest level, all the way down to and I wouldn't say down, but yet it is in our society down to mops groups where the moms are leading their families, you know, with their little tiny ones. <laughs> and so right. you're all leaders. Um, we are all leaders. Someone's following. But I have to get very clear about topics that will address those particular audiences. And I love how you said it's really easy to get distracted by all the other things I could speak about because, of course, I could speak about so many other things. And you can too. Every listener can too. Uh, so, so to narrow it down, um, do you find do you find that this is a hard thing for most people to do? I think it's hard for us to brand ourselves, and I highly recommend everyone recruit a team to help you, and not just in one field of your life, but from different areas of your life. And I usually ask them. I have a survey in the book, in fact, of some questions they could ask their think team if they wanted to, so they could see that in the book. But essentially it's just getting those key words. What do you think of when you think of me or when you think of me as a speaker or what I write or who I am as a person, my personality, all of that. Uh, once you people start sharing those key words with you and you notice a common thread, several on your team are shooting the same key words back to you, that's a pretty good indicator that that's part of, the brand you're leaving, whether you mean to or not. And so you may want to utilize that even more than you are doing intentionally by making a, a formal brand out of it. And uh, so then you can get into lots of fun by thinking of a tagline that's unique and quippy and memorable. You can think of the color combination that represents your personality in that brand because all, everything should tie together. You shouldn't look accidental or haphazard in what you mail out, all your speaker kits, your emails, your website, your print materials. Everything should have the same color combination, the logo. You know, it all goes together. So that branding or that marketing is all about that imprint or that impression that you're leaving on purpose. So it's more than just the tagline, but it's really fun to come up with a tagline too because that's going to define your essence and, and help people know what they get when they get you. And you asked earlier, especially for the event planner, how do they decide between you as a speaker and the 100 or 200 others they're considering for that event? And your brand will help them decide that or to, to decide to pass on you. So that brand is really important. I really one of the things I really like about our new platform at womenspeakers.com is that under your name it does have a spot for that tagline. 
And it surprises me how many gals don't have one. <laughs> you know that there's not one that comes right to mind for them if they leave it blank or, you know, whatever. And, and this is an opportunity, like you said, to really set yourself apart and be memorable because, oh, this is who I'm thinking of right now, you know, and, and she had something about, you know, and that's kind of the thing that's going to bubble to the surface for them. And those key search words are so important also. Let's go ahead. You mentioned um, what's going to be in your promo speaker promo kit. You know, you want all of your publicity to retain that branding then that you've been working on. So talk about what needs to be in a speaker publicity kit and what shouldn't, well, not what shouldn't be in there necessarily, but what's optional. Sure. Well, I know I'm also an event planner, and I've I've probably hosted as many events as I've spoken for. So I I kind of know things from both sides of the the table, so to speak. And so I know what I look for as an event planner, and and that speaker promo kit will really help set you apart. And first of all, we're talking about whether it's in print or if it's online or an e-blast. There's so many different ways they can go about it. But any way that they decide to package it, uh, first of all, of course, you need quality photos, and I usually ask my photographer to go ahead and do some in high res and some in low res because you're going to need some of each depending on where that photo lands. I tend to, I'm kind of uh, corny. I love to dress in my <laughs> colors that I use because then yep, nothing yep. clashes, you know, so it's not going to clash with my website. It's not going to clash with that logo or that speaker kit that I send out. And and people kind of just envision it with my brand. I even had someone pick me up and said, I knew you were going to be in some form of turquoise or aqua or teal because that's your color. Ah, you, know, you always are. It can really, <laughs> I mean, great. it can really brand you. So get your quality photos together and then use your logo if you have one. And if, if the speakers out there listening don't have a logo, there are so many great ways to get one these days that you don't have to spend a boatload of money on it that a logo really helps to set you apart. If nothing else, just play around with some fun fonts and colors and, and make one of your own if you want to uh, for now. But make it so it's consistent with everything. Um, is your brand clear on that kit? You know, So is your tagline there? If, if I were to read it, would I really know what you're all about? That's important. And another one is, are there two ways that I can get in touch with you? Because there's been times when I will try a phone number and there's something going on with it. Maybe their voicemail is full. Same thing for email. Maybe it bounces back for whatever reason. So if you don't have two ways to get a hold of you, I don't know how much time I'm going to wait before I pass you up and go on to that next person. I've actually heard of people that have lost opportunities because they were trying to be too private. We're in the wrong field if we think we're going to keep our privacy. <laughs> we need the exact opposite of that. We need to be out there. So, uh, you know, let me just say that loud and clear. Uh, this is not the time to try to hide yourself. You want to be known. So two ways Kathy, to get I just want to, yeah, I just want to throw my own two cents in on that one. I can't believe how hard it is to get a hold of a lot of speakers. Um, it is really hard to get a hold of some of you. And, you go to your website and there isn't even a contact form. You, it's buried way somewhere deep. And honestly, like you just said uh, earlier, you know, a planner might be actually considering dozens or even over a hundred speakers for one event. She does not have time to dig deep to find these things. That should be the easiest thing for her to find out of everything. Make it super easy to get a hold of you. 
work. That's right. We don't want to make them work because if we make them work for that, they're going to feel like we're high maintenance all the way around, and that's just not what they're looking for. So we need to make it easy for them to get in touch with us. And yeah. also we need to – I know that a lot of people are afraid to put down uh, what they're the specialist in. They think Either they think they're not an expert you know, they're very humble, so they don't want to set themselves up as an expert, or they don't want to have too narrow of a field, so they just say, we'll come uh, to speak on your topic or whatever. But that actually rules you out as a speaker. So go ahead and along with that branding impression, make sure that you have some sample topics and, and the speaker blurbs or the descriptions of those topics underneath it. Again, that's going to fit with your specialty probably. And you can, underneath all of that, you can put, or we'll tailor make a program just for your group. You know, so that that's sort of how I get by with it. But we all like a menu to look at to kind of see what we would like to do. And when I get invited to speak on a topic I already have worked up, uh, number one is probably one of my heartbeat passion points. So that's great. But it's less work on my end too because, I've already got it worked up, and then I just need to customize it for their event. So uh, in your speaker promo kit, make sure that you have some sort of a menu of your program titles. And if you sing, go ahead and mention that because they may want you to be the total package. If you have that and you have songs that go with your program, uh, mention it. Or if you don't sing but you like certain songs, you can even give a playlist if you want. Endorsements are another one that are really important. If I haven't heard a speaker personally, I really need to see those endorsements. I'm taking a big risk sharing that podium with anyone else. My group is someone I protect, and I don't want them disappointed or harmed or even led astray. So those endorsements are important too. Oh, such great stuff. I, I want to go back and tap on the program titles. Another reason you want to have program titles on your website, um, in your bios and profiles at wherever you're published online and in your one sheet is because they're highly search engine friendly. Mm. And when a planner is seeking for, let's say, Kathy, for you, a speaker in Texas on the topic of blank, well, the search engines like Google and Yahoo, whatever, they can narrow this down now and they can find you compared to finding every speaker in Texas. So I think that you guys, these these topic titles and then what you write, so the title itself is more highly search engine friendly than the text underneath, but it's a combination of those things. So get your keywords in your titles and then also have the keywords and restate it in the different kinds of words that they would search for in your descriptions. And these are so important uh, to have out there now, especially now because the Internet is just becoming more and more the tool. You know, so it's really important. Well, this is Marnie Sledberg. We're visiting today with our guest, Kathy Carlton Willis, the author of a great new book called Speaker to Speaker, The Essential Speaker's Companion, and you can get that at any major bookseller. And we're going to come back and talk about what every planner wishes speakers knew. Also, the three insider secret marketing strategies for new speakers. We'll be right back. Are you 
an author or do you know someone who would like to see their book published as soon as possible? Join us at Marnie.com for author training. You will learn how to write it well, get great graphics, attract an agent, format it for e-readers, get good reviews, connect with libraries, and market via media. All over at the author training at Marnie.com. Check it out today. Womenspeakers.com is the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, featuring over 1,700 women speakers from every experience level, denomination, and fee range, some near you. Visit Womenspeakers.com to find the perfect speaker for your next event or to get training to be a speaker, author, or media personality. All training and connections occur online anytime you have time. Find a speaker, add a speaker, or become a speaker at www.womenspeakers.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie Sledberg, and we're visiting today with our guest, Kathy Carlton Willis, of that same name of a website.com. Kathy Carlton Willis and Kathy Spade, spelled with a K. We are talking today about how to maximize your speaking ministry. We're going to dive right into what every event planner wishes speakers knew. And, you know, Kathy, what I find, especially at womenspeakers.com, is that so many gals like you and like me wear multiple hats. And we've actually been event planners, and or we are currently, and we know what that feels like, and we know what we need. But a lot of speakers really have never been in that role, and they don't really comprehend the workings of an event planner's mind. And so just kind of fill us in a little bit there about uh, the wish list of an event planner. I think that's a great topic because, again, it's going to be something else that sets you apart from everyone else. One of the first key elements, of course, is just prompt communication. Are you getting back in touch with them as quickly as you can? And if you can't, at least write them and say, I'm out and about. I will get back with you on such and such. So they know what the expectation is and they don't feel like you're just too busy for them or you're brushing them off. So make sure that you have prompt communication and the second thing is authenticity. Uh, unfortunately, just because we're Christians and we, we follow Christ, it doesn't mean that all of us have personalities that are, are really the, the type that a certain group needs. And the best way to know is, is for a person to be authentic and, and be true to who they are. When I feel like they're not true to who they are, maybe they're trying to live up to what their hero speaker is like. It just isn't mm. a good fit at all. And and some have even allowed fame to go to their heads. And that's that's just not going to be a good fit for my group and for most groups because we're looking for speakers who are uh, interactive and ministry-minded and just really looking out for the audience rather than wanting to be taken care of like a diva. So right. if you notice that your uh, your writer or your green room list is longer than your the rest of your contact, then you probably are having a little bit of a fame crisis <laughs> that you need to get over. <laughs> Love it. So, Love it. That, so that's a big one. And uh, that goes right along with the next one. Humility is so important. and But along with that, professionalism. I don't want someone who apologizes for everything or thinks that good enough is good enough. I want it to be first class. I don't want to be embarrassed by what someone says or how they dress or anything else. I want them to put intentional thought into it. And and then no guesswork. That's why that contract is so important, the speaker contract. 
because then you can just go through every single thing. There's no guesswork about when you're coming in, where you're staying, if you do have a dietary restriction, if uh, you need a product table set up, if you need some help with that table, anything at all, microphones, audiovisual, all of that can be in the contract. So that's going to help take the guesswork out of, of that agreement. And then integrity mm-hmm. is key. I can't say that enough. Unfortunately, I'm a very trusting person, which makes me lovable, but it also makes me gullible sometimes. And I've had a few that have didn't have integrity, and it can really hurt that organization. So um, it's something you, you have to bring to the table, even if it means it costs you something, even if uh, to make good on a promise you end up suffering. That's okay, because integrity demands that we live up to what we say. Uh, I also look for a life graduate. I love it when people have gone through a story. Maybe they've gone through a rough time. You know, God doesn't waste any of the pain or tears or anything he has put a person through or allowed them to go through. And I'm, I'm looking for that. I think that's something that's relatable to the audience. Perhaps someone came in with a huge burden, but it's lifted up because, the speaker has gone through something similar. So if you're a life graduate, that is it's just as big a deal to me as if you have alphabet soup of credentials after your name. Uh, so think about that. That's going to set you apart. And mm-hmm. be alert to ministry opportunities. I love it when the speaker comes early and she looks around to see what she can do to help. There's usually all mm-hmm. kinds of last-minute things that need done, and the best way for that speaker to get to know her audience is for her to pitch in and help. I hate it when I go to an event and they say, here's the honored speaker table, have a seat, and we'll be with you in 20 minutes. So I just can't sit there, you know. (laughs) I want to get up and and be helping and what can I do and whatever it is. And if, if they don't have anything, then I usually walk around the room and kind of pray the room and imagine who might be sitting there and asking God to take care of their needs for that day. But just be alert to ministry opportunities. There's probably someone there that wants to talk to you. Um, and we'll talk later about that because sometimes they can take too much of your time. But be alert to that. And be riveting. And I know that sounds like I'm asking a lot, but I want – you to not sound humdrum when you're talking. I want right. you to sound excited about your topic. I want you to have humor if you can if you can do that. Love Don't that. do it if it's forced. You know, not everyone has the talent of humor, but I want to sit on the edge of my seat. I think that if if everyone at the end of the program said, Wow, that went really fast. I, I can't believe the time went by already, that shows that you were a riveting speaker. And talking about time, the next one is honor time limits. And it doesn't matter when they gave you the program or how long they said that program could be. All of us have gone through it where they told us to prepare for a 40-minute program, and by the time all the preliminaries got done, we ended up getting 20 minutes. Well, that's what we need to do. We need to somehow shorten it on the fly and honor that commitment. I've had several re-invites because I did that. I was able to save the day on on their time schedule. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. if you can do that, that's going to set you apart from other people. Um, be aware of your audience. I usually try to ask ahead of time so that I have an understanding of the demographics of the audience, of of their needs. If anything has come up, 
uh, one time there was a, a key person in a congregation that passed away just a couple of days before the event, and they still wanted to do the event, which was really hard on me because it changed the the mentality of the group. So I had to quickly change how I went about the presentation. But being aware of your audience will help you to be able to do that. There's a few more. Uh, do you want to hear some more? Go right ahead. Okay. Another one is to be a teacher. And some of us are more naturally teachers than others. But everyone loves having a takeaway. You know, when we were little kids, some of us went to Sunday schools that had a takeaway that we could um, take home with us, whether it was a paper, Sunday school paper, or something like that. Well, as grown-ups, we still like takeaways too, but we like it in the form of what did we learn and how can I apply it to my life. So I want my speakers to be teachers. If you have humor, deliver it in a funny way. Watch out. Don't don't tell the same old tired joke that everyone's heard a million times because it's been forwarded around the Internet. Uh, I made that mistake. When I first discovered the Internet, I saw all this great material out there, and I realized that everyone else was using the same material too. So if you're going to be funny, it's best to write your own. And be flexible, not just about the time, but about everything that goes with an event. Have you ever had an event go exactly as planned, Marnie? No, I don't know if there is such a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't and think I, you so know, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Elliot, I love that she defined humility as flexibility. It just you just have to learn it as a as a speaker and just even as a leader, you have to learn flexibility. That's a really great definition of it. I'll have to remember that one. Yeah, I, I love it. That's yeah. really a, a sign of God using an event in, in, mm-hmm. in many ways. Yeah, because we're not basing it on what we've prepared, but on what God does despite what we've prepared. And uh, I I think, you know, it involves trust. We have to trust him to get through it and be glorified no matter what happened. So flexibility is key. And you can kind of tell when a speaker gets really flustered or even it ruffles her feathers Mm -hmm. a little because things didn't go according to plan, and and that's really off-putting. So we need to try to be flexible. We need to show restraint with what we offer in the way of speaking. Don't be guilty of information dump. Make sure that there's breathing room by having a, a story or an illustration or something so that it's just not fact upon fact. Even as I give this list, that's why I'm giving a story every so often because it's hard to listen to just a list. You know, they need time to to let that absorb before you go on to the next one. And just three more on this topic, being reliable. Part of that is showing up when you say you're going to show up. Part of it is is if you say you're going to do a mailer or social networking or all the extra things we do now as speakers besides just speak. Be reliable on that and be a good return on that event planner's investment and make them look good. That's so important. They don't ask for that, but if you can make the event planner look good, then even the audience is proud of how the event took place and they just feel comfortable around you and they they will tell other people about you. So make your event planners look good. Love that. Love that. Well, this has been quite a list, and you guys can always come back and listen through again. But, of course, you can always get the book, and it's all in the book, Speaker to Speaker, The Essential Speaker's Companion, by our guest today, Kathy Carlson-Willis. 
Uh, let's go ahead, and we just have a few minutes to cover the three insider secret marketing strategies for news speakers. And I want to start off with the first one, and then you can maybe touch on the second one, and I will um, close there. But uh, the first one is just to have an easy URL or name. One of the things that I find really difficult on my radio show, and it's the same thing for an event planner who's introducing you and trying to share your website name, is when it's, when it's, you know, it's this long thing, and then there's a slash, and then it's your name, and then there's a slash, you know, and it's like you really can't share that kind of a thing on the radio or from a platform. But if you have, like, Kathy, yours is your name, you know, you can just find her at her name, KathyCarltonWillis.com or Marnie.com or, you know, WomenSpeakers.com. If you go with a name that's easy to say and easy to understand, it is more likely that it will be shared and it will be spoken instead of just um, written, uh, just only seen in print. And so I encourage you to find a name that's pretty easy and that doesn't have any extensions to it. Kathy, I think that's one? a great point. And along with that one is to make sure your email address, if you have a website, almost every website package includes a certain number of free email addresses with it, and then that will filter mm-hmm. into maybe a Yahoo account or whatever, but I want to see it be a professional-looking email address, not I love grandkids at AOL.com or something like that. You know, I, I really want it to be professional. So, again, use your name. It's just the best way to go about it. And plus that's another time that you're branding your name on and making that impression on those people. So I agree with that one. And, and you know, you mentioned earlier about making – your topic search engine friendly. I, I thought that was a really good pointer. And along with that, having turnkey events, and I go through a lot of details in the book about that. Event planners are busy, busy people these days, and if you have a program that's ready to go from start to finish and it offers more things than just the speaking, they will love you for it, whether it's a skit that you've written that either you or one of their teams can do uh, whether it's the music, sometimes I even have a packet, a program packet that has decoration ideas, menu ideas, uh, playlists for music, how to do a press kit, things like that. So if you have a turnkey event that you can hand over, sort of an event in a box kind of a thing, that's going to really set you apart. And then also be working on your newsletters. Just today I had one of my Word Girls members ask, do I really need to start a mailing list? And when is the right time to start a mailing list? And the truth is the right time to start a mailing list is when you have one email. We all start ah, with one. That's great, yeah. You know, <laughs> because yep. more often than not, I talk with writers and speakers who a couple years into this, say, oh, my goodness, I can't believe all the opportunities I had to gather email addresses, and I didn't get them. I didn't ask for them at the product table. I didn't have a way on my website to have people sign up for it. And now they're wanting to send out newsletters, and there's no way to to go back and get those email addresses. Mm -hmm. So the, the best time to do it is right now. That's not something to put off. Even if you think, I'm so embarrassed, I only have 10 and half of them are my family, that's okay because it's easier to input a few at a time anyway. 
So start that mailing list and be thinking about a newsletter. If you don't want to send out a regular newsletter at, on a regular time schedule, send out an irregular newsletter. Send out a holiday newsletter or greeting. There's so many ways to do it. But if you keep your name, that branding impression you've already made, maybe your speaking schedule so that they can come and catch you at another event nearby, those kinds of things will really help you get ahead and, and something we need to be thinking about just as if we're running a business because truly that's what we're doing. Right, and keeping your uh, – the newsletter is such a nice, gentle way to keep your name in front of a planner because it's amazing. So let's say, Kathy, that I'm a planner and I looked at your uh, profile and I was like, oh, I just want to have it so bad, but this is not going to work this time. I need to remember her for another time. And two years from now, I'm like, oh, who was that again? And if you've never been in contact with me for two years, I simply can't remember you, even though I loved you and I wanted to have you. And so just having this newsletter is such a non, um, non-threatening way to stay in her sphere, <laughs> to stay in her you know, top of mind so she can find you again when she's looking for you. And then I just want to encourage you to, before break here, I want to encourage you to that God has this amazing marketing plan that's available to all of us also and that if we are really doing his work and we are out there and as we speak, he's flowing through us and people's lives are being changed, word of mouth is going to really be fantastic too. And we need to do all these other things and not just count on that only unless God, you know, specifically tells you only to count on that. You need to be doing all of this. But it is so important that you give people a way to mention you to other people. And the takeaway, I love how you said that, that handout that you give with your information on it, that is huge. And as they leave, they have your information, they have your contact. And so when somebody says, you know, a month later or whatever, you know, uh, how'd you like to retreat or whatever, oh, man, you should have this gal. You know, and God, this is God's way of letting another man praise you and not your own lips. And so be sure to take advantage of that. Well, this is Marnie Sleberg. We're visiting today with our guest, Kathy Carlton Willis of the same website, and she spells her first name with Kathy K. And uh, we're talking about how to maximize your speaking ministry. We're going to come right back and talk about the seven steps to getting a yes from event planners and bookers and when to work with speakers, directories, publicists, and bureaus. We'll be right back. Christian Women's Events. At womenseventsinfo you can find events to attend. Learn how to plan amazing events for your group or publicize your own upcoming Christian Women's Events. It's all available to you at womenseventsinfo Just click your state to find all the major women's events coming to your area or type in the month and year you'd like to attend an event to see all your options nationwide. It's that easy. If you want to promote an event, just click Add Event. Event publicity is available on a per-event basis or free to members. Finally, if you want to learn how to host awesome events, retreats, and well-attended conferences, click Event Planner Training. Once again, it's available a la carte or included in the membership. It's all online and here for you 24-7 anytime you have time at womensevents.info. That's www.womensevents.info. Welcome back. This is Marnie Swedberg, and it's exciting to have you with us this afternoon to learn how to maximize your speaking ministry with our guest, Kathy Carlton Willis. Kathy, let's go ahead and dive right into the seven steps to getting the yes from an event planner because actually this is the bottom line of every speaker's reality is that if you don't have an audience, 
you don't get to speak. And so we really have to know <laughs> how to get those yeses once we uh, once we have a connection with an event planner. There, it's been said in the marketing world that it takes seven touches for a consumer to decide to make a purchase or make a decision, and unless, of course, it's that spontaneous at the checkout counter decision. So even as speakers, event planners are needing to hear from us in different ways at different times before it really lodges in their brain that you're the one they want to event. So I came up with seven different ways to get your name in front of them and what you do. And the first one for that is just plain old word of mouth. These days, we have it easy because we have social networking that that allows us to do that in such a fun way. So don't just use your social networking for sharing pictures of your uh, family with other people or your vacation. Use that for your business. Decide what you're strongest at. Some people it's Facebook or Twitter or might be Pinterest or Instagram or any of the other ones. So you can specialize in one or you can have a presence in all of them. But definitely social networking will help. I use it even ahead of time. If I know I'm coming to an event or to a location, I like to cluster events. Uh, That helps the smaller groups that can't pay for my travel. If they know I'm coming into that area, they can have me in. So social networking can even help you with that. You can mention that you're going to be in an area. Give them plenty of time. I usually post something like that a year out and then maybe six months out to see if you can add in some new new bookings to your schedule too. Uh, the second one is article placement and guest blogger posts. And I'm doing that right now with my work girls group. It's So many bloggers are taking vacations this summer and they need guest, guest bloggers to come in and help fill out those articles, uh, whatever their schedule is. So if you offer an article based on, again, based on your brand, and you offer, say it's 300, 400 words, I wouldn't go any more than that, and they allow you to have a bio, not just a byline, but a bio so that they can hear about your speaking, they can hear about your products, they can hear about your website, then that's a great way to get the word out. People start feeling like they know your heart if they read your columns wherever they are. So be thinking about what can I write. And some of our speakers listening are not writers, so you may want to team up with someone who is. But most of us, we can convert something from our speaking material into a written topic. Make it timely, too, so that it fits with maybe a a certain awareness month. There's some fun ones out there, like take your dog to work day that just happened this week. Uh, So think about some article placement you can do. Uh, the third one is interviews, and that's like what you're doing with me right now, Marnie. It's it's mm-hmm. getting out there with the media. If you're the go-to gal on a certain subject, then one way I know that is if I've heard you before. And, again, I can hear your heartbeat. I can hear how well you speak in a public setting, all of that through interviews. So think about who you can talk to that has a radio show. Again, going back to God's marketing plan, I always think of how he does things. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts of the world. So think locally, mm-hmm. regionally, statewide, nationally, internationally. Who do you know in the media that would be a great way to get your um, just the word out about what you do through an interview? So those are the first three. I didn't know if you had any input on those, Marnie, before I move on. 
Yeah, I was going to say about this interview thing, it's so amazing. I do a lot of guest appearances on other shows. I, I love to do radio. It's my favorite. And I've done TV and blog posts and stuff like that too, but I just really super love radio. And it was interesting to me, a, a little while back, my mother-in-law contacted me and said, you didn't tell me you were going to be on the radio in my city. But my girl, So I missed it, but my girlfriend called and said, oh, I heard Marnie on the radio. And I was surprised because I wasn't on the radio in her city. But somewhere, somehow, one of the interviews that I had done on a podcast or something was re-aired uh, to that community as well. So really, when you're looking at these things, whether you're thinking of um, a guest blog or an article or an interview, you just want to remember that these go farther than you can imagine that they could. There are also many like podcasts and blogs are evergreen. They're going to stay up there for years. These are highly search engine friendly. And so when someone, again, is seeking for the expert or the go-to girl on a certain topic and you've been on several shows or your blog's appeared several places, your name keeps coming up. And they, some, you know, this is back to the seven times again. It's just helping to get you seen as the person. And it's going to take a while for them to uh, recognize you, but then pretty soon it's like, wow, I just see her everywhere. Well, right, because you're in their niche. And that's the things they're looking at are the things that you're doing. So love that. Great. Okay, well, let's dive right into the last four here. Well, and the other thing about uh, being archivable, really some of my favorite radio shows are the Blog Talk radio shows and others like because I know they're archivable. And even after it was over live, people can listen to it through that link I send out. So it's a great way for them to try before they buy. They sample uh, listening to what how I speak and what I speak on ahead of time. Right. So I love that. To me, there's not a market too big or too small for me to speak on when it comes to interviews because, like you said, you never know where else it's going to show up even later on. The fourth thing is audio and video clips. If you can have that on your website, that's great. But make sure it's definitely it's going to be online somewhere and searchable. But there, there are ways to get that onto your website. So, again, they can try before they buy. I have a YouTube channel. They're so easy to set up. If I can do it, anyone can do it. And I share other things there besides just my demo clips for my, my speaker programs so that people get to know me. I usually sing some, some, some kind of a song at Christmas time and just different things for them to hear my heart. So think about ways that you can have your audio and video clips online so that people can listen to them ahead of time. I speak at a lot of conferences where they sell the um, MP3 of the conference afterwards, and they allow me to use those MP3 audio recordings on my website too. So it's not just video. It can be audio or video. And think about cross-promotion. I love doing cross-promotion. For me, it's it symbolizes that word cross that's right in the word because we uh-huh. we shine the light on someone else and they're shining the light on us. And especially finding other people that are in your same niche, it's a great way to do it. I like to sell some of their products on my tables. We're in each other's newsletters. We, like I said before, guest mm. blogging for each other. Don't be so worried that, oh, they're my competition, so there's no way I'm going to mention other names because the event planners might book them and not me. That's just not the way it works. When it comes to living a life of faith, 
the more we put others ahead, God's going to take care of us. And so I don't want people just coming up with their business plan, thinking of ways to put themselves at the top so they're noticed, but really be thinking about that cross-promotion because I think you're going to get more jazz doing that anyway. It's sort of uncomfortable when we have to promote ourselves, but it's easy to promote other people. So brainstorm some people that you can share that with and see if they'd be willing to partner with you on cross-promotion. Next one is the newsletter subscriptions that I already talked about. Getting that going at any stage, whether you're just starting out or whether you're an advanced speaker. I know some speakers that kind of quit doing it for a while because it was just tedious work. And now their speaking has kind of dried up a little because uh, for all of us, it's harder to get gigs the old-fashioned way, and we have to go about it new ways. (laughs) And they're wishing that they would have kept up with that. So. I I know that it seems like it's old school, but it's just something that will be tried and true for us. So make sure you get that newsletter subscription. It's easy. If you have a website, you can get a widget or a plug-in that will allow you to capture those email addresses when they put them in there. It's opt-in that way, and that way you don't have any problems with anti-spam laws and it takes care of it for you. Um, There's lots of programs out there. They're usually... You can look up the term eblast server and you'll find things like MailChimp or Constant Contact or there's plenty of them and they're they're all good and for the most part they're free up to a certain number so you're not even having to make a, a financial investment at first. So be thinking about the the newsletter subscriptions and I confess I have about a hundred slips of paper that previous audiences have filled out in the last little bit that I haven't inputted. So it's something I even need to do uh, with my latest ones too. And the last one is to increase website traffic. Figure out ways to get more traffic to your website because if they feel like they have visited you there, even if they don't know you personally, they're more likely to invite you to speak than if they hadn't been there. One way to do that is Uh, When I do the print materials, rather than showing everything I'm about on the print materials that I mail out, I use a rack card, which is just the size of a business size envelope, so it goes in that nicely. It's the same durability as a bookmark, so it can be used as a pass-along, or they're more likely to share it with other people, say they have a committee or a team that plans the event, so it can be passed along. But the other good thing is, because it doesn't have everything on it, and you have your website address there, they're going to go to that for the rest of the information. And so there they come to your site, then they sign up for your newsletter, then they see what you're all about. Maybe you have a blog there. You have more photos there. And so they're more likely to go there because of that rec card. And so I just want to encourage everyone to think about ways that they can increase their website traffic because that's really going to help them get that yes from the event planner or the one that's booking them for their events. Yeah, and I just want to mention a couple online resources that can help you with some of these things. So maybe you simply don't have time to enter your own content, but you could um, mail it and somebody could do it for you. Um, Maybe you don't know how to add a form to your website, but a programmer could do it for you. Maybe you don't know how to come up with a logo, but someone could do it for you. I use a website called Upwork, U-P-W-R-K.com. And I search on there for um, people who can help you with things like this. And sometimes it's just you. if you find a good 
uh, personal assistant, uh, a virtual assistant. She can just manage it all for you, and she can find these people. And at Upwork, you can have um, people who are very reasonably priced. You get to actually pick your price range, how much you want to pay per hour, basically, and that's who you can pick from then. So it's just a wonderful way. I get a lot of outsourcing done that way when I don't personally know someone who can volunteer to do it for me or nobody on my staff has time or can do it. So those are ways that I do it is through the Upwork, and I really love that one. Also, a great place for something small like a logo or if you're making a promo video. So you have the clips, but you can't put it together to look really professional. Fiverr.com, F-I-V-E-R-R, five, and then two R's at the end, .com. That's where, you know, for under $20, you can usually get these things done. And so these are just amazing options that are available to us right now. Well, this is Marnie Sledberg. We're visiting today with our guest, Kathy Carlton-Willis of Kathy with a K, Carlton with a C, Willis.com. And we are going to come right back and talk about when to work with speakers, directories, publicists, and bureaus, as well as some hidden dangers of speaking on how to proceed wisely and how to use social media before, during, and after your events. We'll be right back. Online training, instant access, increase your skills in the minutes you have. Right now at womenspeakers.com, you can take it to the next level with online training including specific instructions, tips, and strategies to increase your knowledge, skill sets, and earning potential as an author, speaker, media guest, manager, women's ministry leader, or event planner. Pick your area of interest and get going today. The training sets at womenspeakers.com include over 24 modules, each 60 minutes long focusing on practical, doable, and easy-to-implement next steps in your particular field of interest. You can purchase each set individually or join to gain instant and ongoing access to them all for one low price. Get online training today at womenspeakers.com. That's www.womenspeakers.com. Welcome back and exciting to have you all here today. And we are talking about how to maximize our speaking ministries with our guest, Kathy Carlton-Willis. Thank you for being here, Kathy. And we're just going to go right now into the uh, question of when it's time to work with uh, speakers' directories, publicists, and bureaus. You know, one of the most often asked questions that I get is how do I book more gigs? And I think there there aren't too many speakers out there that are running into the problem of having too much work these days. And most of us, even if we are busy all the time, we're trying to figure out a way to expand it so that we're not doing so much of the work ourselves. And a great way to do that is to have a team. There are different ways to go about it. There have been times that I've had a booking agent and when I train a booking agent to book specifically for me, that's a great way to do it because they're not booking 20 other speakers for the same possible events. And so they call my mailing list that I have set up. They follow up after I send out a newsletter or an e-blast. They can tell which ones have have opened that newsletter and maybe they've clicked through on the links. And so those are the ones that show the most likelihood of being interested in booking an event. So I train a booking agent to do that. You don't have to pay them all that much because the incentive really is in the booking. So I just pay mine a minimum wage and then they get a a booking bonus based on the percentage of 
the honorariums they negotiate for me. And that allows them a little extra incentive to negotiate the best honorarium that they can. And they've been pleased with that arrangement, and so have I. So that may be something that your listeners might be interested in. Probably the hardest thing for any of us is to to go after the, the sell when it comes to booking our gigs. It, it's hard to ask for the honorarium and the different benefits that we need. It's easier to have people that do that for us. So I always say we all need peeps that do that. And But another <laughs> way to do that is through having either a the speakers' directories or bureaus, and your group is probably the best because it's just the best database to work with, the womenspeakers.com, and you have it for all different levels. And so whether it's someone just starting out or they have a a low financial uh, ability to be a part of it or whether they, they need bigger exposure, you have different levels. And it's also, from what I know of it, and Marnie, I would love for you to tell us even more, is it's not an exclusive arrangement. And so we're not just being signed through you, but we can still do our own booking as well. Uh, And to me, that's the best way to go about it. For the gals out there, when you build your team, to sign up for some groups like this, because if you sign up for just one organization, you're probably going to have some unmet expectations. It's best to sort of like casting your bread upon the water it's it's good to have your name in a few different places unless you do have a devoted booking agent so i love recommending that people sign up for those kinds of bureaus or directories they're searchable they're um, people can look up by topic or by the type of speaker or by um, the location in the country so there's different ways that that people can use it. There are some agencies, though, that have also have proactive bookers on their staff. So they're not just receptionists that will take the phone calls that come in because of seeing your name in a directory, but they will actually call their mailing list and say, did you get our catalog of speakers? Are you interested in planning an event? What are your needs? And they're almost like a matchmaker and they help them brainstorm through, if that's the event you need, I think these five speakers would be best. Let's talk about them. So there's that kind of group out there as well. And when to know who to work with is really based on the person's needs. And sometimes the need is because they're just starting out and they don't have their own mailing list yet, and so they need to be able to use the mailing list of the professionals the other, on the other end of the spectrum, it may be someone who's just so busy that they need someone that will handle their bookings for them. So I, I highly recommend trying to get signed up with some of the directories, some of the bureaus, probably not working with one that requires an exclusive arrangement unless you really interview them and make sure that they are going to do what you want them to do. Otherwise, you might be disappointed. So that's some of my pointers yeah. on that, you know, I I, I, th- I just think it's so important. We can't do it all. And even if we could do it all, it's not something we always want to do. You know, it's just easier to have the, <laughs> right. the peeps, right. <laughs> our peeps do right. it for us. Yeah, I always love the I always love the verse in the Bible that says, let another man praise you and not your own lips. And that's really where directories and bureaus and agents come in where they are the one, you know, even if you hire your own 
they are the one that's really saying these things about you, um, working to answer the questions. And it really does help a lot to have a second party involved with those kind of things, especially if you're going out knocking on doors. It's different when they're coming to you. Um, they already uh, um, have chosen you by the time that they get to you. They've already raised their hand and said, I'm interested in you. But when you're going out and you're trying to kind of shake the bushes and see what's in there, it really does help to have that second party. We're just going to really quick here, we just have a few minutes left, we're going to skim over this hidden dangers of speaking and how to proceed wisely because over at um, Marnie.com, well, if you go to Marnie'sFriends.com, Marnie'sFriends.com, you will find under the speaker training, you'll find um, the training that's on how to avoid scams, spams, and other tr- problematic, and this has got a great title that I can't remember right now. It rhymes, but I can't remember it anyway, how to stay out of trouble. <laughs> so you want to go through that whole training. It's an hour long, and we just don't have time here to do that today. But um, there are some hidden dangers when you're just starting out speaking, and we want you to be aware of those. And we do um, match all the leads at womenspeakers.com, so you're not going to be getting uh, bad leads um, as far as we can tell. But you still want to be proactive on your own side as well. And then finally, Kathy, in just our last few minutes here, how do you use social media before, during, and after your events to maximize your speaking ministry? Yes, like I said before, when it's uh, ahead of that speaking event, I love clustering my programs. Uh, For example, if I'm flying to Wisconsin a couple years ago, I had 15 engagements in two weeks' time because I I clustered the event through using social networking. So that's a great way. Another way is when other people are excited about what they've heard from your events, either giving them a hashtag or just linking to your social networking when they share a photo or a comment about your speaking, even during the event. I just had one this last week. I spoke at Right to Publish, and during one of our sessions, I said, Here, here's the talking point, and you can hashtag it right now if you want to. And so they took their phones out and actually shared the quote from my presentation while we were having the presentation. And it, it was fresh on their minds. They said that way they were going to remember it later. I do that sometimes during sermons even. If a pastor is preaching on something and it really hits home with me, I might send out a tweet right then that quotes him on that. So even during the events, you can do that. Facebook has the live streaming video now. Uh, recently at an event, someone streamed my entire presentation through Facebook Live. So that's another opportunity. And and because of that, people have sampled my heart and my presentation skills ahead of time and know that they want to book me. So think about what social networking offers and think of strategic ways that you can use it. After the event, sharing photos from those events. Or I also like to thank the host publicly through social networking so that people can see that It really meant a lot to me. I might share a ministry moment or a blessing that I had from being at their location. Sometimes the photos that my team takes, that event planner is really grateful to get them because maybe they were too busy to really grab the photos and take them. So there's so many ways you can go about it. So think about your social networking as one of your team and use it wisely so that you can get the word out. And all of this is just ways to maximize your speaking ministry so you get the most out of it and and God's going to use it. And ultimately, that's the most important thing. Oh, wow. 
so terrific. And this hour has flown by, my dear. You have just given us so much great content. You guys, if you came late or you're just starting now, you want to go back and you want to really listen to this whole thing. And our guest today, KathyCarltonWillis.com is her URL, and it's K-A-T-H-Y-C-A-R-L-T-O-N-W-I-L-L-I-S.com. Kathy, my friend, thank you for coming. Well, thank you for having me. It's funny, we've never met, but I feel like we have because our hearts are just so simpatico every time we talk. (laughs) I know, I feel the same way. I feel the same way, and I'm so grateful that you could be here today. And listeners, thank you for being here today. You can't have a show without listeners, and it's always such a delight to have you show up live or listen to the archives and even share this the show on your website through the radio box available at blog talk radio thank you for making this show what it is and thank you for joining us each week i hope you have a wonderful rest of the day and we'll see you next time i'm marnie's friend bye-bye